This podcast is brought to you by Dropbox. Dropbox helps harness creative energy, fueling your team's big ideas. Creative energy is the power to problem solve, to think in new ways, to discover, and to innovate. It's a precious resource that we all have, unleashed when we find focus and flow. The world needs your creative energy, so Dropbox is here to keep it flowing. Learn more at dropbox.com slash creative energy. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And apologies for the uh, remote recording. Life is busy and it takes us places sometimes. Uh, But we're very excited because it's Emmy season, guys. I think officially (laughs) right now. Ben, you're Uh, the expert on this. I mean, I don't really... I guess I don't know what officially makes it Emmy season. I would say... That when the FYC events start, it's officially Emmy season, but you could so, also just argue that it's always Emmy season, so. Ben, if that's true, then Emmy season started the last week of February. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's what I consider it. Oh my god. Well, we're, we're definitely in the thick of it now, especially as major Emmys contenders are just now premiering. Um, and we're gonna, but... We may or may not end up talking about the major league contenders uh, during this podcast because uh, instead we're going to revive a we, we're not reviving this is a sequel it's not a revival it's a sequel um, to important a podcast. difference important difference it's not a reboot either it's not a reboot it's, it's a continuation actually right. that does technically make it a revival um, shit <laughs> oh well but it's really a sequel spiritually to a podcast we did last year around this time where we just kind of were like. What are the craziest fucking things that could happen during at the Emmys this year? It's it's six months away. Let's let's take a gant. Let's take a guess. Um, and it was a, it was a fun one. So we're gonna try to do it again. And uh, we, Ben and I have both prepared a list of things. Uh, we'll see how many we get through in the time we have. Uh, but Ben, why don't you go ahead and start? All right, I'll start off with one that I I don't think is all that crazy, and I'm not sure how like mind blowingly nuts my picks are this year. But um, people tried to predict last year that Modern Family was finally going to miss out on the comedy series cut, and yet again, it got a nomination somewhat inexplicably. I mean, it, it's always been a strong show, but it's certainly grown weaker over time, and uh, this season in particular has not been all that uh, cohesive or uh, well put together, I'd say, but... Um, I think it's more about the competition finally overwhelming the old favorites, and I'm going to predict that Modern Family will finally miss the cut in favor of something like Glow, uh, or perhaps mm. even better things on FX, which is probably the crazier pick. Or uh, Maisel, I feel like. Well, Maisel's a can... safer pick. Um, uh, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah, I see. But in terms of the ones that are on the bubble along with Modern Family... Uh, I'd say that, yeah, I'd say Glow. I, yeah, Maisel seems to be the talk of the town right now, so it, it's uh, it's certainly one that could edge out Modern Family, but uh, I, I think I think the real competition that that thing's going to face is on the lower rungs with something like Glow, which is in its first season, and Better Things, which uh, just is going to fight viewership problems. So, 
Interesting. I mean, I feel like last year there was a level of like shame, shame when uh, when the Modern Family got announced. So maybe this is the year that the Academy kind of is like, yeah, but it's that being surprising. said, sorry, go ahead. It's always surprising to me to see how many fans are out there for Modern Family. I mean, we know it's a well-rated show, but if you go to Emmy's events and they always put on a great FYC event for Modern Family. Uh, the the amount of fervor still surrounding that show is pretty intense, so um, it's definitely got quite a few fans in the voter body uh, that will continue to make a big difference. Yeah, um, if I recall correctly, rec- if I recall correctly, I may or may not have been speaking to someone I'm related to, and this person was saying to me, "Oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to watch Modern Family anymore. I'm kind of done with it." And in my head, I was like, "You're still watching Modern Family?" <laughs> like I had no idea, uh, but yeah, I think I, I, it's not it's not it's not it's not the most dangerous of picks, but it's also a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, I think last year I don't remember what and I don't think I said it last year in terms of it being a wild card pick, but um, it's something that almost has to be considered that way now because otherwise we'll get too presumptive and cocky. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Liz, please take it away. What is your first uh, crazy Emmy prediction for 2018? Um, I, I, don't, I don't mean to say anything that will make our HBO friends upset. But I think, uh, I, I honestly, I, I, I haven't seen any of Westworld Season 2 as we record this, for the record. So um, I, I, my, my opinion on this could totally change after that fact. But I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like this year, despite its long legacy of kicking ass at the Emmys, I think Game of Thrones gets snubbed even at the nomination phase in nearly every non-technical category. Oh my god, that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. That's so crazy. Great pick, Liz. Yeah, I, I knew it would make you happy. I feel like it's just, it's it's such a crazy year. Summer was so long ago. I don't is I don't know if HBO is doing like a big like Emmys promotional push, um, so it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine Game of Thrones. Uh, it, I don't. It doesn't sound like there's going to be a Game of Thrones FYC event, like for example. Um, and I mean, and and there could be. There's something to the attitude of like that show doesn't need Emmys anymore. It's good, but it it wants more Emmys. Um, I don't yeah. Know. I- I can't confirm or deny if they're going to do an actual event, but <laughs> they're the it's I think the same thing you just said kind of applies to their would apply to if they didn't do one. It would be that they feel like they don't need one, so they're not going to put one on. Obviously, they're shooting uh, the final season right now, so it might be difficult to get people back. But uh, yeah, I mean the the intensity surrounding that show is still uh, pretty incredible, but. Uh, you know me, Liz. I would be fine with your crazy prediction being 100% true. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it gets shut out entirely. I'm saying just like, you know, it, maybe it doesn't take multiple director spots in uh, multiple best director spots. Maybe it does, doesn't take multiple writing. Maybe only one actor gets nominated for for best supporting actor. Like, so wait, I don't, I don't think get, it'll get. Is it gonna what? get a? Is it gonna get a drama series nod? I mean, I, I. My, this is my crazy prediction. Maybe not. Who knows? Oh my gosh! Um, Handmaid's Tale would be so happy. I know. Uh, but moving to you, Ben. What's what's your next pick? Um. So this is a this is a somewhat of a combo 
combo pick. Um, uh-huh. I think that I think that Barry is going to do well for HBO. Um, Interesting. I don't know how well. I'm not predicting it's going to get a comedy series nod. Um, but considering the Academy's love for Bill Hader, as well as just what his performance does, especially in the second half of that season, I really think that he's going to get a nomination for Best Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. It's a it's an unbelievable performance. Like it's It's one of those things where it's quite intimidating the way it's written on the page because of how many different levels you have to succeed at. And it was obviously something that he felt very close to so he was able to you know dial it in in a lot of key factors but there are just so many scenes that you can maximize from each of these episodes uh to really highlight uh, kind of the amazing accomplishment he's done in this first season so i think he's going to get in or at least he definitely should my crazy prediction might be more hopeful um and then i've heard a lot of talk about henry winkler and henry winkler hasn't been nominated since 2000 and that was for a guest role on like the practice and before that, it was back in 1979. He's never won. And considering the, the, the legendary status Winkler has on TV, as well as the amount of um, buzz that I've seen behind this specific performance in Barry, people seem to be very pleasantly surprised and taken with his role, his turn uh, in this show. I, I think he's going to get in, too. So if, if both of those get in, even if Barry doesn't get a comedy nod, I think HBO would be pretty happy with that. Um, I mean, based on your evaluation, how 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 soft is the best supporting actor in a comedy category looking? Um, it's not. It's actually pretty. It's actually pretty tight. Um, there's a yeah, lot I think of. I was looking, sorry, go ahead. No, there's just a lot of old contenders who are still in the running. So it's hard to just you know ditch some of the people that you always uh, assign to that category, but. I mean, that being said, like, uh, Ted Danson br- didn't break in for uh, Good Place Season 1. And it'd be lovely to see him break in for Good Place Season 2, because he, arguably his performance is even better in that season. Uh, was given everything he's able to do. But at the same time, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind Henry Winkler getting a nod. He's, he, seems, he seems lovely. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, he's very, very good in this, and he's uh, working on a lot of different levels, and... Um, I don't know if he really <laughs> compares to what haters accomplished, but um, it it is definitely a, a. I feel like there's more people talking about Winkler than Hater at this stage, so I'll be curious to see, uh, you know, if he can sneak in there uh, beyond, you know, uh, Sean Hayes and Will and Grace and Louis Anderson with Baskets and Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You've got. Mark Marin, you know, with Glow, feeling pretty good, and of course Alec Baldwin is still a contender for SNL. So, it's it's another tight race, but uh, hopefully, you know, Barry will get some love. But uh, Liz, what's your next pick? Uh, I this is a this is largely based on the fact that I know how badly people at the company involved want it. Uh, so. F- 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 Theoretically, there's not good, they're, they're going to make the push, but I do think uh, Rita Moreno does get her best, well-deserved Best Supporting Actress nomination uh, for One Day at a Time. Could could be. I mean, I mean, it's it's it, it, given that show has gotten. I feel like that's crazy only because that show has gotten no awards recognition in its entire run. Uh, so far, 
Well, like, granted, it's, it's only been this. It's only been the cycle one year, but still. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the critics' picks that hasn't been recognized on the same level by any sort of awards institution. Um, and yeah, I mean, if somebody's going to get in, it's going to be Moreno. So, um, yeah, she's got to compete with the, the likes of Megan Mullally coming back for Will and Grace and then, you know, all the Saturday Night Live folk, but it, uh, it could happen. And obviously it would be great. Of course. Yeah. Uh, another one for you. Uh, I'm kind of in the, so in the same race, I'm really hoping that this is the year that, um, uh, is it, is it Zazie or Zazie Beats from Atlanta? I, I, I think it's Zazie. I, I've heard Zazie more. But I'm not, I'm bad but at I'm this. I'm not an expert apologize. on that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Me, obviously, me neither. But uh, I really hope Ms. Beats uh, actually gets in because she she had episodes last year that I thought would have pushed her over the edge for Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to make a little bit more of a splash this year, even though obviously Donald Glover, you know, raked in awards last year. Um I think Atlanta season two is going to do really well, and she's got a couple of really good episodes to draw from. I don't know if they're going to be fan favorites like Teddy Perkins, but I feel like in this category, she might be able to blow past a couple of uh, more regularly honored competitors. Um, Like, I'll be curious. I I really think Laurie Metcalf's going to get in for Roseanne, but... You know, I, I'm i not the biggest Roseanne fan. I think she's great. I don't know if she needs awards recognition for it. Um, so I'd rather see, you know, Metcalf, Mullally left off the list and get Marino and Beats in there because that, be, that, be, that would be more accurate towards who's actually doing some, some incredible work on television as opposed to who's just kind of the favorites among the Academy. But uh, Beats might be a, even, a, even a harder sell than Moreno just because... Um, it depends on who gets behind her and how much name recognition she's got, which is obviously a lot less than her competitors. That Well, she does have one advantage going for her, which is something I know you don't want me to bring uh, up. Don't say Deadpool. Um, it's going to come out. It's going to make a lot of money, and she is apparently one of the best things about it, uh, yeah. to the point where they actually added... They they did reshoots to add more of her to the, show, to the movie um, because they liked her that much. And the test, test audience has really responded. So who knows? My question for you... Sorry, Ben. Uh, but uh, my question for you is going to be, uh, is it confirmed she's running a supporting actress as opposed to a lead actress? Uh, I think it's as confirmed as you can get without <coughs> without actually seeing the ballot, um, without right. the ballot being out yet. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would be... It would be a mistake to run her in lead. I'll say that, but yeah, it is. There is. There's this. There's some. Uh, you know, there's a. There's a deep pool of talent there. Yeah, it, it that <laughs> that would be a much that'd be a much crazier prediction. So maybe it would it would it would work better for our purposes right now. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Even with Julia Louis Dreyfus out this year, I don't know if Beats could be stacking up against newcomers like Deborah Messing. Uh, or even, you know, old favorites like Jane Fonda and uh, Allison Janney is competing in lead now. Like, I mean, that's, it's busy. Plus, Rachel Brosnahan is going to show up big for, uh, again, Maisel. But, uh, but yeah. So I think, I think, I'm pretty sure she'll be in sporting. And uh, she's got her best shot there, even if it is a bit of a long one. Uh, Liz, what other long shots are you hoping to see happen? Oh, you want me to say things I want to see happen? If you've got it. Uh, 
I would, huh, uh, I was, I, I, I feel like I go more in the snubs direction, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah. Yeah. We want change at the Emmys, like, sometimes they just recycle stuff too often, and it's always more exciting if you've got new blood in the mix, so that, that's fine, that's okay, it's not, you're not hating on the people, you're just, you know, hoping to mix it up. Well, let's just say that my original draft of this of my of my picks was like was all like snubs and focusing on t- a couple of very specific networks, and I was like, I'm going to change this up as we talk. <laughs> um, uh, that being said, uh, I know I know you're. I, I feel like I feel like if Mr. Robot can get some love this year in any category, I I will be happy. Um, I it's it's. It, the thing is, like, that show has gotten consistently better since the beginning. Like, season three, I think, is probably its strongest season because it didn't lean into twists. It didn't, like, try to deliver... It, it, when it fucked around with the audience's perceptions of things, it did so in a way that was... It, it did so in a way that didn't feel overly manipulative. So, I, I feel like it was a really strong season. Um, I don't know what it would get recognized for, but... I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it reclaim some of that early heat it had uh, during its first season. Yeah, that would that would be nice. Yeah, it's definitely a good, hopeful pick. I think that the biggest issue in anything where it starts off strong and fades as fast as Mr. Robot did with its second season, it just faces viewership problems. Like because there's so much TV out there, the biggest challenge is: did people watch season three enough to recognize? Oh, this did get a lot better. Or not even better, just this was different and this was more our cup of tea or it compares better to the to the fair that's out there now. I mean, it, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope people saw it. I, that's another one. Did they do an FYC event for that yet? I haven't heard about one. Uh, they may I'm sure they'll give it one. a push. But I mean, Sam Esbell lives out here in L.A. now, so it's probably easier for him. But he's also very, very busy doing, like, you know, a bunch of other shows, not just Mr. Robot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I yeah, I'm sure he'll be behind it. It was, it was, wasn't Christian Slater always snubbed for that show? Like, no, did I he think win? He got, I thought he I won the he Globe, got, and then he, or did he get in last year after he missed the first year? Well, I feel like he's had a okay. weird Emmys history. It, it's it is like weird. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, he wasn't nominated. I, he, he won in 2016, and he's been nominated every year for the Globe, but he hasn't gotten any Emmys love. At all, that's crazy. But you meanwhile, know. like, but meanwhile, like, Rami Malek won the Emmy, right? Uh, for 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 Best Actor, and he's you know he's extraordinary, and it would be great to see him. You know, like if he got recognition, if Christian Slater got back in the mix, like I wouldn't say this was Christian Slater's strongest season necessarily, though. I am actually I would need to look back and remember properly. I'm just it's you know. It's it. If we're talking about hopes, we're talking about dreams. You know, Mr. Robot was, Mr. Robot is maybe not the craziest pick I could come up with. Like I could say like Legion for best drama, and they would be like, Yeah, Liz, sit down. Uh, took the words right out of my mouth. Is that really? Was that seriously going to be one of your next ones? Yeah, Legion was going to be one where, um, 
Actually, it's it's almost identical to what you're talking about with Mr. Robot because it could be recognized in so many categories and not, I shouldn't say could, it should be recognized in so many categories because it does so much well, whether it's the direction or the writing. Like, it, it, there's, a, there's an interesting process of looking at Hawley's writing and how he makes it um, visually appealing and how intricately complicated that could be with a show like Legion and then how well it actually comes across in season two. Um, I think the performances are outstanding. I still love Dan Stevens. I still love Rachel Keller. I still love Aubrey Plaza. Um, And yeah, I mean, so far season two has been outstanding. So I would love to see it uh, get in. I don't know if I'm comfortable predicting that it will, um, but I I think I will predict that it it'll get something it will actually mm-hmm. earn i'll say multiple emmy nominations this year um maybe not in those categories i just mentioned but it you know maybe directing maybe writing uh something kind of in the, in the technical realm for sure uh okay. so that's my prediction uh i'll pick up with another one uh things i want to happen as opposed to other things i don't want to happen uh i would be i would genuinely be happy if any of the original programming on CBS All Access got any sort of recognition. Like, Star Trek Discovery is looking good for a couple of technical categories. There's no question of that. But, you know, Good Fight has been such a joy, slash, it is such a cathartic joy. Um, and, you know, Dis- Discovery also, like, had, it, had its rough patches, but did really pick up momentum and had a, some, a really strong back half of the season. Um, I, you know, like, guest actress nod for Michelle Yeoh, perhaps, would be fun. Uh, You know, or even, like, recognizing just how good an actor Doug Jones is underneath all those prosthetics. Um, Like, there's a lot that you could recognize about, you could, there's a lot to recognize about all of their programming. Even, like, a show like No Activity, which is, which is such a, it was it was done so so quickly and so inexpensively, but it's a really fun like comedy that really really makes the best of its guest stars, which were immense and amazing. Like all of this comes together. It's just like I feel like if those if any of these shows were on like HBO or FX or another network that gets taken more seriously by the Academy, I think this would be a different conversation. Um, but because of CBS All Access, it just the idea of one of these shows breaking through in some significant way would amuse me at the very least, because it would be a real sign that we, we've just given up entirely on, we're, we're completely platform agnostic now, and it's just all about what we do. It's all about the content at this point. It, it's interesting how you phrase that, because I... I agree. I I feel like CBS All Access faces a problem in that people don't really know what it is. Um slash they don't they don't uh, they don't have access to 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 watching it even if they're, you know, voting members, they they technically do have access, but it's not as, you know, part of their daily routine as a lot of the other, you know, uh broadcast and premium cable and streaming services are. Um but what's interesting to me about what you're talking about especially with something like Star Trek is the same thing that I feel affects Legion in a, in a negative way, and that's just the genre bias of it all. 
And people say that the Emmys don't have genre bias because they look at Game of Thrones and they're like, look at this big fantasy thing that they're honoring. And they look at Westworld and they look at Stranger Things and they're like, no, 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 they're they're open to all these things. It's like they're they're only open to them when they're broadly appealing. They're only open to them when those kind of shows check off boxes for, you know, a larger quadrant of an audience than just the ones who do it very specifically well uh, within the typical trappings of the genre or, or not even within the typical trappings but within um, like their own storytelling mechanism where it's it's de- designed to be just the best show it can be instead of designed to be the broadest show it could be uh, so I, I mean I'd like to see you know it'd be fun to see Star Trek get in it'd be fun to see Legion get in but it would be nice if some of those shows where they need to be seen by more people and if they were just seen by more people, then they'd have to be acknowledged as doing at least, you know, these specific technical things at the at the highest level, if not more than that. Fair. I mean, the thing, the the only point I'll make is that the fact that the good fight hasn't gotten like real consideration, given it's given it has an Emmy's legacy status, uh, you know, and is essentially a broad legal drama that does it does everything really well I oh mean, no well that that goes back to the cbs all access problem that's not the genre yeah. problem but fair yeah uh so that was me so you got any more uh, i've got two more um one i think is going to happen i'm not necessarily supportive of it but i don't i wouldn't hate it uh and that's regina king uh i think will i think she could snag a supporting actress nod in the limited series or tv movie category for seven seconds because seven seconds has been canceled at netflix and it is now running apparently in the limited series category uh and thus because regina king has had such success in this category as well with the emmys overall i think people might pay enough attention to that uh just because it was already available on netflix and they don't have to give her as much of a push and that could actually be a pretty big surprise nomination uh come you know july when we hear about these are there are there awards awards uh, award show conspiracists you know mumbling about did regina did seven seconds get canceled so regina king could run in that category you know for as as inexplicable as the infatuation with Emmys can be for shows uh, and networks considering they don't necessarily move the needle that much in terms of viewership I don't think anybody's gone to the point yet of saying they would they would stop making a show just to put it into a certain Emmy category uh, sure. that being said Liz it's not a bad thought that you know when they were deciding if this was on the fence and they are like well maybe if we get some award traction for it in this category where she has a better chance or where it, the show, has a better chance, you know, maybe then we'll revisit this conversation, you know, later later down the line since nothing is actually ever dead. Yep. When nothing is dead, can never die. That's, 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 the, that's the game. Uh, and then the other one, which I'm hoping actually happens uh, in the same category, well, supporting actor instead of actress, but same limited series, mini... TV movie, etc., uh, is I hope Brandon Victor Dixon uh, snags an odd for Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that. He was amazing. I think a lot of people saw it. A lot of people really got behind him. 
Um, I think if that, that was a... maintains traction, uh, he'll he he might have a shot to sneak in. Yeah, I mean, vote was a little more split on uh, on him versus uh, on him versus uh, John Legend. Like John, uh, no vote vote on John Legend was a little more split. Like people were a little more you know unsure one way or the other. But yeah, he yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I think and everybody f- agreed on Dixon. Whereas Legend, yeah. they were like, yeah, it was good, and then some people thought it was great. Uh, do you know, is it confirmed that that's the category he would run in? Uh, again, not not one hundred percent confirmed, but uh, yeah. I think so. I mean, because I, I was looking at the categories, and I don't think there's a variety special category anymore for acti- for, for performance. No, no. So there used um, to be one, but it's gone now. Yeah, uh, according to... Oh, shoot. I just had it. Yeah, according <coughs> to um, goldderby.com, they've got him listed in the uh, supporting actor category at uh, 40 to 1 odds, but... Uh, but yeah, so I I've haven't had any official discussions with anybody yet, but I I feel like that's where he'd end up. Fair. Um, so I'll I'll just uh, tap us out really quickly. Uh, I feel like Ben, do you feel like you know Silicon Valley has a really solid shot at anything? Oh sure, yeah, because it's a it's a past nominee, so it it's strongly considered still to be a a you know high in the race. Yeah, it, but do you feel like the buzz has been diminished at all lately? Just especially following like the exit of T.J. Miller and all that. Mm, I feel like it's entering into a similar phase as a Modern Family without the success. Just in that, outside of the fandom that already exists, there's not a ton to talk about week to week on the show. So then it feels like maybe some of that's died, but that doesn't mean the loyal people who've always been watching have stopped. Yeah, I mean, my parents still like it. Uh, so they've got the Miller vote. There it is. Yeah. Um, but so that's uh, that's basically kind of where we're standing, like just some random thoughts on the Emmys at this point. Uh, but you know, I'm sure you'll hear more about it. Um because it's Emmy season. It's always Emmy season. Forever and ever. Uh, in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, the best thing I watched last week were the first three episodes of Archer, Danger Island. Um, I believe I said this was my looking forward to pick last week, but I can't be trusted with things like memory. Um, so I will say it again, uh, now that I've I've watch them and love them and I'm an I've been an Archer fan for obviously a long time you've heard me talk about it far too many times probably on this podcast but um it's a fun season you guys like anybody who thought Dreamland was a little too dark a little too dreary um maybe embraced the noir aesthetic so much that it overwhelmed some of their just uh you know lighter irreverent jokes that kind of fuels the series most of the time I think you're going to be extremely happy with what they did this year, and um, I mean, <laughs> Krieger is a is a talking parrot and a macaw, I should say, a talking macaw. So if if that doesn't get you hooked, I don't know what will. And uh, yeah, watch it; it's great. Cool. Liz, what is the best thing you watched last week? Into the Badlands. Oh boy. Then so many people got stabbed in the head. It was so great. That does sound like good TV. It's just a show where once you embrace it and go along for the ride, it's 
visually stunning. Sometimes they're, it sometimes verges on the cheesy end of the genre spectrum. Like, I, what it is a line I wrote down that someone says unironically in, uh, in an episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, one character does say, finally our destiny is at hand. Which is great. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. I mean, takes a lot to sell yeah, that one. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the person who sells it does does a decent job but there's there's corny moments like that but it all plays nicely into what the actual genre is and so i can i i thoroughly endorse it for anyone who's just up for something completely different and also really enjoys watching some of the craziest martial arts you'll ever see um uh you know just like in every other scene it's like has anyone been stabbed in the head i was literally chatting with you um and i was like ben it's been like 10 minutes since someone's gotten stabbed in the head oh there it goes uh it's great there's so many stabbings um i sound way too happy talking about it but it's it's this wonderfully hyper realized fantasy violence which it, it, it which is weirdly like you know once you make that distinction it works really well um so yeah uh what was the next thing you're looking forward to um, I think the next thing I'm looking forward to is probably, it's probably not like a specific episode of, or, or series of television. It's more like, um, you know, what's going to come next on Westworld? Uh, how are people going to react to Handmaid's Tale once it's out? Kind of some of the stuff tied to the Emmys race that we were just discussing. I'm Now that we're getting to see fan reactions and ratings and uh, critics' reactions, like all this stuff... Um, It'll be curious to see kind of how that shapes the race going forward. Um, I know that, you know, everybody's getting pretty competitive within the industry, so that makes it a really fun time to be talking about it. Hopefully we'll cover that more on IndieWire.com. Um, but if, if forced to pick a TV show, I'd say uh, I, I am looking forward to the Tribeca premiere slash new Netflix docuseries Bobby Kennedy for President. Oh. Um, it's only four parts. Uh, it uses archival footage and uh, takes you back to, uh, I think it's Bobby Kennedy's, when he was running for president, and kind of, you know, has a lot of new and old interviews with the people who were there and, and the experts of the time and the experts of today and how, you know, that, that how that thing played out. And I honestly don't know a ton about it, so it's one of those things where I'm excited to kind of learn uh, it's from director Don Porter, who made Gideon's Army and Spies of the Mississippi. Um, so I, I feel pretty confident that it will at least be a worthwhile, informative journey. And I feel like because it's it's not that long, I feel like they could have made it longer, given the subject matter. Um, I think it'll I think it'll be pretty entertaining. And that comes out on Friday. On Netflix, it premieres Wednesday at on Tribeca again. As you're listening to this, uh, but yeah, so that's me, Liz. What's next for you? Uh, I have uh, the next thing. The next big thing on my docket. Um, there's things I'm looking forward to watching, uh, but the next big thing on my docket is uh, th- the Return of Three Percent. The uh, surprise, surprise uh, hit for us. Uh, not us, but like the surprise hit, Netflix hit. Um, about this dystopian Brazilian society uh, that I found really interesting uh, during its first season. I'm very excited to see how they approach the season two, hopefully in all the best ways. I kind of hope they don't... One of my favorite things about the first season was the fact that, you know, it was 
they were they had they were they were trying to shoot this dystopian society, but they didn't have a ton of budget. So anytime they tried to show like the f- fancy futuristic buildings, they were clearly just in an empty office building, um, with like all the glass and chrome. And it was I was it was just like you you know that this place is like you know usually like a mall, uh, but they're just kind of doubling it. It's like when you you watch like like the original Logan's run and you see like all the fancy buildings and you know that they're just like buildings that have just been built recently. I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm, what I'm describing, no, but yeah, you know, it does. I, I appreciate like that low budget touch. Uh, I don't want like, I don't want this to have like a lost in space level budget. I want this to remain really grounded and really focused on some actually really intriguing character and uh, story points. That was, which was, which were kind of what really hooked me. Yeah, and if if you know if those sci-fi stories, those futuristic stories, are are told well, um, if the, especially if the the core story is engaging, then it's so much easier to not worry about all the glitz and glam. You're gonna go along with it because you want to. That's what sucks you in, and then it doesn't really matter how much the production budget is if everything else is being done well. So, yeah, should be yeah. good. It should be very good. Um... So, uh, you'll read all about this and more at IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. Don't forget to listen to all of IndieWire's other excellent podcasts, including Turn It On Podcast with our own Michael Schneider, the Screen Talk Podcast with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn, and of course, everyone's favorite podcast, the Elite Podcast of Podcasts, Screen, uh, I'm sorry, Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast with the great Chris O'Fault. He is truly great. Truly um, great. Truly great. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. And as always, you guys, keep watching television. Keep watching television.